Hello and welcome to the Movac podcast series. Today I'm with Peter Taylor, an investment analyst with Movac. Peter is a three-time Olympian and bronze medalist at the London 2012 Olympics in the sport of rowing. And today we're looking at the similarities or not of his Olympic career and the world of venture capital. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Sally. After winning a medal at the Olympics, a lot of people would think life's a breeze. Anything is easy in comparison. Is that the case? <laughs> um, absolutely not. Uh, life was in turmoil. Life was turned upside down. Um, it's especially when you're thinking about when I did get my medal back in 2012 and you know you had the choice of do you go for another four years? Um, do, you, you know, do, do you go to Rio or do I take my uh, pivot and move to something, to a new career? Um, my crewmate Stormuru, who I, you know, we'd worked together for so long, he chose to move on, and he, he, you know, went on to um, do an MBA at Oxford University in the UK, and I decided to uh, give it another shot and see if I can turn that um, that bronze medal into something a bit more more shinier, and it turned out didn't kind of work out that way, but um, I mean that four years was uh, was an incredible experience. So. And through turmoil and upside down and a roller coaster ride that was, and then coming out of that four years with a fifth place in Rio, so we kind of you know may have went, it went backwards in terms of results. You know, you look back at that period and go, well, was that the right choice that I made back in 2012? Nevertheless, you had that experience of winning and you've you've reached those heights. So just generally navigating through life and and getting into a job would be easy in comparison, wouldn't it? Again, not really, because to get to my success in my growing career was, you know, it took 10 years and that was my passion. I knew what I loved and that wasn't too hard to do for me. Finding some, a similar passion that burned that fire so brightly. Um, before I got involved in rowing, you know, I was an, an associate at Deloitte in the audit team working towards getting my chartered accountancy, um, thinking I'll be, a, you know, wanting to be a CFO of a large, you know, corporate organisation or even be a partner at Deloitte, however that may play out. Um, you know, I put that on hold for 10 years while I rode and then coming out the other side, you know, what do you do? You know, what's gonna burn that fire for me? We'll talk about what you did find and what you're doing now a bit later, but after the crew's disappointing performance at the Rio Olympics in 2016, you said that in your mind, rowing had still not seen the best of you, yet you chose to move out of it and into a new career. Why was that? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I say that because of throughout my whole rowing career, results are really nice, but I was really driven by finding out how good I could be. But you're kind of thinking, okay, I've given this 10 years, I've been to three Olympics, and there's a whole lot of risk involved. Um, you know, four years of dedication for a sporting event. Um, that I've had, already had three guys already, and is the fourth guy going to be any different? You know, I could be injured, even an injury in your boat out of your control, you know, your crewmate could be injured, um, or sickness, or something, you know, all these other variables could impact your result, which puts at risk your four years of work and dedication. It was something that, at the point of my career, there was a larger, more exciting challenge outside it. Well, let's look at how you transitioned from elite sportsman to a career in venture capital. How did you decide to get into this line of business? One of the one of the things that I did was just get experiences, and that's what you know. My rowing career has been very fortunate to me, where it's opened doors, and I've been able to talk to people that I wouldn't have access to. And so I went through this period over three to four months where I tried to get in contact with anybody and everybody that I knew 
who I could possibly learn off or learn something new off. Nothing was out of bounds to me. So, you know, I went from one week working on a building site for free, just trying to understand. Because, you know, back at school, I loved building. Um, I loved being on the workbench down in the garage. I loved architecture. You know, I loved being hands-on, creating something. I talked with a, um, a distributor who brings products from China into the supermarkets to New Zealand. And, you know, I was walking the aisles of a you know local chain here and um, he was telling me how they think about goods in the supermarket and how they sell and where and placement and what what products they choose to bring into New Zealand and that was you know incredibly interesting you know I went to talking to banks to accounting firms my old workplace and this was a view to finding out which industry would click with you yeah to finding out what role or what job I do do I stay in the sports industry because you had done sports management as well at university. Yeah, yeah, I did, you know, whilst, you know, sitting, you know, rowing, going backwards on the water, I was, you know, did a postgrad diploma, you know, just to plug that void in my head that I needed to, to stimulate. What I was really clear about is that, and this is what I held throughout my whole rowing career, is that I didn't want to become known as Peter Taylor the rower. That why not? Was, why not? Because there's more to me. There's more than me than just the rowing side of things. There's more to me than a short 10 window period of my life that I did rowing sport for. You know, my first step off the off the plane um, outside uh, rowing was into private equity. So I went to a firm, local firm here in Wellington, Vinkateer Investments, which was just a really great learning experience. Um, what drew me to that in this industry of investments is that you're dealing with great people. You know, you're dealing with leaders in the in the community. You're dealing with people who want to succeed, and you're dealing with businesses that want to be not only just great in New Zealand but great worldwide. What was the, I guess the the burdening part was the entry level, the entry level position. You know, you talk about you know lives of breeze. I was an Olympic bronze medalist. I was you know been a world champion, multiple medalist, or other world champs. Um, like this should be easy. You got to have a really good reality check of okay. Where are your skills and how can they um, be allocated in this investment world, which is very technical, and you've got to do your dues. And did you feel pressure because people knew you as Peter Taylor, the rower? Yes and no. Like, to be honest, like, once I kind of walked through those doors that, you know, Peter Taylor, the rower didn't really exist, all I could bring with me was my values and my work ethic. Were there times that you wished you were back in the limelight on the sports podium? It's taken me about two to three years to really be comfortable where I'm at um, and really enjoy what I do. I mean, I, was, I enjoyed what I do throughout the whole time, but it was incredibly challenging as my knowledge skill set was very limited, you know, but it felt like a fish out of water. But what that also makes you do is you work incredibly hard to make sure you don't get found out. I mean, I look back and how I thoroughly enjoyed my time as a rower, um, I don't wish I was there back in the boat. Let's rewind to your 10-year rowing career. Apart from your physical ability, what qualities did you have innately and what did you have to develop in order to succeed as a rower? This is a really interesting part for me because this is where I'm trying to stitch together my rowing career, my investment career. You know, I've been working on this kind of this thought for the last, you know, 6 to 12 months and you know, surely there's some tie-overs into what I learned in my rowing career and um, what I do today. And there is. I mean, Without that passion, um, being really incredibly passionate about what I do is key. I understood, you know, getting out of bed in the morning, um, 
if I didn't love Ryan, it's you wouldn't succeed. No, you know, there's no way you can withstand all that training load and and the uh, competition and the disappointment and injuries and get back on it and still continue to be without being utterly passionate about what you do. And I'm incredibly privileged and love looking at new businesses, talking to founders, understanding what they do, seeing where the opportunities are, how good they could be, and working with them to achieve you know, world-class status. So similar um, passion. Similar passion, yeah. You know, things like resilience. Um, you know, as a as a rower, you have to be incredibly resilient. You know, you've, you've got your highs and your lows, and it's how do you deal with them? What do you do? My two-year career in investment world, you know, there's highs, there's lows, there's reality checks, there's, uh, yeah, hold on, just hold your horses. You, you know, don't know everything yet. You've got to wait your turn or, you know, learn, do your dues first. There's what I kind of like to think is like no excuses. That kind of falls around having, you know, accountability and ownership. Whatever happens in my rowing career, where it's, um, you know, poor performance in a race or something to go right, I said, okay, what could I do to own up and take hold of the ownership of that of that poor performance or what? And trying to really bring that to my investment career and being like, okay, well, if the company didn't perform well or if I didn't perform well or I, um, I didn't do an investment thesis well and being like, don't try to blame anybody else or don't try and blame something external be like hey what could I have done to make that better and and make it a success next thing will be challenges throughout my rowing career I always put myself in an environment where I was most challenged you know I've rowed at numerous rowing clubs in New Zealand and so I became one of the leading rowers of that rowing club I moved because I didn't want to become the top dog or you know always wanted somebody to beat and make sure there's somebody greater and bigger above me who I could try to knock down when I'm with the New Zealand rowing team you know I always you know, I tried to pick myself against Mahe Drysdale. You know, he's 110 kg, fantastic single sculler. And then I'll be in my single sculler and I'll be, you know, 75 kgs and I'll be trying to keep pace with him. Trying to tie that over today in my investment career is always putting my hand up for things. Even though if I'm not, have the right skill set for it or have been not quite ready for it, I'll still be like, oh, all right, there's one way to learn and that's to get involved, get stuck and get your hands dirty. And that's um, something that is really uncomfortable like you kind of put your hand up and you go like I could get caught out here but then that learning curve and that experience and that challenging environment is just amazing I guess the, and then the other last thing I wouldn't be is um, the willingness to learn you know surrounding yourself by people who are the best in the industry so you know when I was in my rowing career I moved to clubs to put myself around the best coach and the best team um, and the best people in the rowing clubs and so that's what kind of drew me to Movac the team here at Movac is New Zealand class world class yeah. fantastic leaders that attracted really high quality talent and that's where I needed, know I needed to be. But it's also having the ability to open yourself up to be willing to learn to take on their advice, to take on their, um, their insights, even challenge their insights as well. I'm very clear now what I want to achieve in this investment world and creating great world-class businesses. I'm really excited about that journey. You know, you kind of think back to what I know now today to what I knew two years ago. It's, um, you know, light and day. Peter Taylor, it's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you and thank you for listening. Join us again soon for another Movac podcast. Bye for now. Thank you.